Liz Rao definitely has a quirky sense of humor. She's an author and now a podcast host. But recently, she's undergone a major change in her life. VSG Bariatric Surgery. Now she's on a journey to discover health and happiness. Join her as she navigates this new world. This is Life with Liz. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Life with Liz. As you might have guessed, I'm your host, Liz Rao. So let's get started with this week. It was one of those weeks that went very slow, which is weird because last week I felt like went so fast I couldn't really remember what I did. So I guess life, you know, just naturally ebbs and flows. And it just, nothing was bad this week, but nothing was amazing other than the fact that I hit my goal of 50 pounds down, which was my goal for Christmas. So my next goal is going to be 60 pounds down by Valentine's Day. As you all know, and as I've talked about, I'm losing weight much more slowly now because I'm really at my last like 27 pounds to go. I was not someone who had 100, excuse me, I'm losing my voice, so just let me take a slurp of my coffee. All right, there we go. You know, got to keep the whistle wet today. Um... I was not someone who had 100 plus pounds to go, which seems crazy when you look at all the VSG stories out there and, you know, people's first goal is to be down 100 pounds and then down 150. But as I've said before, not all journeys are the same. They're just not. I qualified for the surgery. I took care of it before I feel like... um, My weight became such an issue that I was going to have even more health issues, if that makes sense, more health problems. But I hit my goal of 50 pounds down. And it's weird because the photos, when you do the side-by-side, and they're up on my Instagram page at Official, it makes me look really skinny in the now photo. But I'm not. I'm very much like an average American size. But when you compare them next to each other, it makes me look real skinny. So I feel like I'm almost disappointing people when I show up in person. And I'm like, no, I'm not a skinny bitch, y'all. I just, I'm like normal. I'm where I was five years ago. So, and by the way, I was only that weight five years ago because I had a kidney infection that got misdiagnosed and I couldn't eat or drink anything for five freaking days. I couldn't keep anything down. And I must have dropped 25 pounds in a week. I mean, it was terrible. Um, Again, I digress. But that's the only reason I was down that low in weight. And, you know, true to self, I gained it all back because yo-yoing is my name. Um, So anyway, I hit that. The pictures I feel like are a little deceptive because, yes, next to each other, I look like I (laughs) am very, like, thin. So I'm a little afraid to go home for Christmas and people are going to be like, oh, you aren't skinny. But this journey for me isn't about being skinny. It's about being healthy. Um, And the tool of VSG forced me to change my lifestyle because here's what would happen. I'd stick to my diet for a week and I've been been so good for a week. I deserve to treat myself. And you can't really do that in VSG, right? So you can't really just treat yourself because it 
really offsets the entire process, which was another reason for me to do it. I needed that tool. I needed something that would fight back if I cheated or, you know, ate something I shouldn't have because you feel so bad physically and, quite frankly, emotionally that you you don't make that choice again. And if you do, I would immediately talk to your nutritionist and your therapist that's part of the program because you have to ask yourself why you keep making those mistakes and putting up with the pain. Because it's, in my opinion, I'm not a doctor, but in my opinion, it's a little bit of self-harm at that point. And so emotionally, you have to get to the root of that. But anyway, like I said, I digress. Otherwise, it's been a good week. Um... I am ready to go home for Christmas. I have work this week, and then I took off the entire week of Christmas to go home to Booneville, Missouri, and just spend time with my family. I've not been home since Christmas last year, and that really pains me. I have not gotten to see my nieces and nephews, and I've just not gotten to just be totally comfortable and at ease, because there's something about going home to the house you grew up in. My parents have lived in this house now like 35 years. It's the only house I've ever known. So there's something about going home and just that that sense of comfort that washes over you and just spending time with my mama and my dad. Um, you know, it's very comforting, very rewarding. So anyway, in a nutshell, that's how my week went. I'm ecstatic to be down 50 pounds 27 more pounds to go, y'all. I'm going to, like, noisily slurp my coffee so you know it's not just dead space, but I'm just trying to, um, like I said, I'm kind of losing my voice from, it's mostly from a lack of sleep. I've not slept well this week. My anxiety has been a little higher than normal. So when that happens and when I'm really, truly tired, my voice goes. And if anyone else is like that, let me know because I always feel like I'm a weirdo. I'm like, no, I'm not sick. I'm just tired. <laughs> and people are like, oh, okay. Um, but in a nutshell, let's just go ahead and get on with today's program. So today I want to talk about the seven things you should know about BSG surgery post-operation. Last week we talked about pre-op, things that you should just know going into it. This week, we are talking post-op. So without further ado, let's just jump right in, shall we? So the first thing I want to talk about is junk food is junk. Seems logical, seems common sense, but if you're someone who emotionally eats, you, you rationalize everything, right? So there's a reason it's called junk food. And that's because nothing but sh- it's nothing but sugar and empty calories. It does nothing for your body, nothing for your health. Once your stomach has healed, it's easy to s- it's easy to eat junk food, but don't. And I say it's easy because we've talked about this before. It's a slider food. Things that immediately start breaking down the minute you take a bite off and break down in your mouth aren't good for you. It's a slider food, right? So. That means it's heavily processed, there's definitely nothing nutritious in it, and you have a little baby stomach you have to take care of, guys. It's like when you have a baby, you have to take care of it and feed it the right nutrition, right? So treat your stomach like your new baby. 
So this is probably the hardest thing to do is to resist eating junk food because it is tasty, but it's totally empty. It doesn't fill you up. But And by doing so, you are saying to yourself, I'm so worthy of being thin and healthy. Say no to junk food. It's not good for you anyways. I mean, that's truly why it's called junk. Start changing your habits as soon as possible when you start this journey, even if it's in classes. Don't buy the junk food at the store. Tip number one. And if you have kids in your house or your partner is not supportive, they need to put it somewhere that you're not going to see it. Um, because just immediately start buying healthier foods. You know, I, I started buying veggie trays and hummus because one of my problems with veggies is I buy them and then not cut them up, right? So if I have a veggie tray, there's just no excuse. So it's a healthier snack and it's more nutritious for you. Number two, things you should know about VSG post-surgery. Weight loss and the gym. A lot of people will go through this journey and they'll have RNY or VSG, which if you're brand new to this podcast, RNY is the gastric bypass and VSG is the gastric sleeve. But losing a lot of weight will make going to the gym easier. Part of what would hold me back is I didn't want to be the one fatty at the gym that people were like, yeah, right. Like, why is she here? Why is she working out? Because so many people are so intense at the gym, especially in the weights, right? So life really becomes a brand new adventure. The gym becomes an adventure. Right now, we're in this world of COVID where you may or may not be able to go to the gym. But realistically, pretending that COVID doesn't exist. When was the last time you thought about going to the gym? The moment you start losing weight as the result of the sleeve or R&Y, your mind will start to reaffirm the need to firm things up. And you want to look as awesome as you can. It's natural to start looking at yourself in the mirror and being like, you know, my, my arms are a little flabby. You know, I could be a little more toned, which will also help with loose skin, just saying. Um, so accept this. You want those muscles to work out. And people saying, wow, you look amazing will encourage you to go to the gym. So long story short, exercising will keep your weight off. It'll help you maintain your weight and it will help your body kind of snap back. Depending on how long you've been carrying your weight, there's only so much you can do about loose skin. I was lucky enough in a way that my the bulk of my weight was not in my belly. I, While I was quite round by the time I got to surgery, I didn't have much of a hangover on my belly, if that makes sense. So the bulk of my weight has always been in my thighs, my hips, and my boobs. And let me tell you where there's a lot of loose skin, my boobs. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like, it's embarrassing. I've already got my husband on board for um, a total lift. And I, like, they're like flapjacks now. It's just, it's disgusting. I'm 35. I've never had kids. Why, why do I have flapjacks, you know? That's because that's where a huge bulk of my weight was. So, um, sorry, I got off on a tangent, but 
there's only so much you can do about loose skin. However, lifting weights, resistance workouts will help with that because the more resistance you have, the more likely over time your skin will snap back. And it's not going to be overnight. It's not going to be within the first year where your body is still really losing a lot of weight. It could take up to three years for some of that to really tone up and some of that skin to kind of come back and snap back. Um, there are some areas where elasticity does not come back, such as your breast. Um, once that tissue is stretched out, it is stretched out. A lot of the stomach, if you do have a stomach that kind of overhangs, I don't know what the proper term is, guys, but um, a lot of that skin is not going to snap back. That's why you see a lot of bariatric patients five years out going for a tummy tuck because they've waited until they kept the weight off, which insurance-wise, you have to wait until you've maintained it. Uh, and proven you can keep the weight off for them to cover it. But also, they've spent the time working out. They've spent the time doing resistance trainings. They've put every amount of um, effort into snapping back as much, as, that, as much of that loose skin as they can. Um, if you wait, if you try to do it a year out, it's probably not going to work for you because you're either still going to lose weight or you might find that you lost a lot of weight, but that's really not going to be your maintenance weight, right? So um, go to the gym, long story short, post-surgery, once you're cleared, and start small with your workout, start with cardio, but eventually build in some resistance training. If you don't want to go to the gym, create a home gym environment. Um, you know, I've talked about, I go on YouTube, I love the bar routines that I can find where it's... Um, you know, it's a lot of stretch, stretching, but it's also a lot of natural calisthenic workouts. So bar, B-A-R-R-E. I was an answer growing up, so a little ballet routine for me goes a long way. Um, you know, power yoga is something really good. There's many different kinds of yoga, but power yoga will definitely put a lot more of your body weight into it. You can get um, the bands and those balance balls and do a lot of that stuff. You can get your own home weights. There are a lot of different things you can do, even just good old-fashioned like push-ups and planks, that will help. So if you don't want to go to the gym, don't use it as, as an excuse. There are plenty of ways to work out from home without needing a lot of equipment. Tip number three, post-surgery. This is a difficult one, especially in the beginning, and we've talked about this one before too, mindful eating. So the, the tip here is... When you feel full, stop. Don't try to wait to take another bite. Um, just stop eating. Don't take one more bite whatsoever once you feel full. As time goes by, you will learn to be in tune with your sleeve, how it works, how it makes you feel. The secret is knowing that you don't have to eat everything on your plate. That was something hard for me because you know you grow up with eat everything on your plate or you can't leave until you can't leave the table until you do. Um, in fact, the moment you start to feel full, just stop eating. Don't feel guilty about not finishing or offending someone by not eating everything they gave you if you're at someone else's house or a restaurant. This journey is about you. It's not about how others feel. It's not about them whatsoever. Never jeopardize your journey of being thinner or healthier over a meatball or a cannoli or a cookie or that last bit of and the last bite of salmon. It's not worth of it. And there's nothing wrong with saving it for later. 
absolutely nothing. In the very beginning, this is the challenge because you still want to eat fast, even though they tell you all through the trainings, you know, you need to eat slower, you need to start timing it out, try to eat over the course of 30 minutes. It's not a natural inclination for us. It's just not. So I'll get, I made homemade vegetable soup this week. I mean, I took Friday off, so I just, little Susie homemaker, I made my husband some chicken of, um, chicken with herbs de Provence on them, and I made him mini baked potatoes, and then I made a big pot of homemade vegetable soup. And for the protein in it, because, you know, I don't eat chicken or anything, um, I put lentil noodles in it, which three ounces is like 21 grams of protein. They don't taste like regular pasta, um, but it did fulfill my need, I will say, for pasta. Um, so I threw that in there, and I forgot kind of where I was going with this, but I, oh, sorry. So I made a bowl of soup for myself, and I made one for my husband. He ate it within, I don't know, three minutes. I ate it within 25 minutes. So you learn how to eat and how to, like, really soak up as much nutrition from your meal as possible, but when I feel full, I just stop, or I hand my plate to my husband. I call him my little garbage disposal. <laughs> I don't know how you say that in Russian, but um, yeah, he's my garbage disposal, and I'm just, I'm done. I wait my 20 to 30 minutes, and then I drink my water. That's a hard thing to learn as well, but the more you can not drink water while you eat, the better it is for your nutritionary needs, um, but just stop when you feel full. It's a hard lesson. It should probably be number one, but you have to totally reprogram your mind. Thing number four you should know, besides don't slurp your coffee in public, hunger pains. Those hunger pains might actually be acid. Even if you never had a problem with acid reflux before surgery, you could have it post-surgery. There's a big myth out there that if you have RNY, you're not going to have acid reflux. But if you have gastric sleeve, you're more likely to. That is actually a myth. So there you go. Like I like to uh, pull those blinders off. Now... I think more people have it with gastric sleeve because you can eat a little more at a time. It's a different process when you have RNY. However, you could have acid reflux regardless. And if you had it before surgery, chances are you will have it post-surgery. But those hunger pains might actually be acid and you need to check with your doctor because acid could build up and cause the illusion of being hungry. I learned a long time ago, you know when your stomach makes those little noises and you're like, oh, I'm hungry, I'm sorry, my stomach's growling. No, that's your body digesting, number one. But we took it as a sign of eating or needing to eat. Um, but it will give you the idea of hunger pains. So a prescription of an antacid might clear that up. There are two different types of hunger post-surgery that you're more likely to deal with than actual physical hunger. Because remember, they cut the hormone part of your stomach out that signifies hunger. And that is acid or mind hunger. Both are equally as dangerous. 
and both are going to likely, you're going to have one or the other, if not both. So keep that in mind and consult your tip number five. I think I talked about this one from the very, very beginning. I think I talk about it every single week. Hold on, let me slurp my coffee again. And that is eat real food. Do not become dependent on shakes and protein bars after the first three to four months. Now, I'm still in the habit of I'd rather have a shake for breakfast. And I think that comes from the fact that I never eat breakfast before. So eating very first thing in the morning for me is hard. But if I make my own protein shake, not a pre-made one, it's it's filling. I can drink it over the course of my morning. And I'm still getting some nutritional needs. But the pre-processed stuff you should get away from. Um, and that is because you need to learn to depend on real foods. Because processed foods, you know, I say it all the time, it's a slider food. You don't need your Quest pizza and your Quest chips and all of that other crap I see um, because you can get everything you need from the earth. So do not become dependent on your shakes and protein bars after the first three to four months. Shakes and protein bars are helpful the first few months after surgery as they help you adjust to the sleeve while you're healing and providing your body with the necessary nutrients it requires. Eventually, you need to replace that those things with real food. Make yourself a couple of eggs, um, make yourself a veggie something, and being able to enjoy real food with your friends and family will mean the world to them because now you can come to the dinner table, right? So here's the thing. A, a, a piece of fruit, a carb from the earth, like a potato or a root vegetable, um, you know, I if you're going to do any sort of meat, try to keep it organic. It's better for you. It really is. But those nutrients are not going to cause setbacks for you. Th- throwing on a crap ton of cheese, uh, just eating all of those pre-made protein pizzas and things like that that I see, those are not going to help you long term. You know, once in a while, if you throw in a, I'm picking on Quest because I keep seeing it everywhere on Instagram this week. Um, if you throw in a Quest pizza once a month, is that going to set you back? No. But if you're depending on that for your nutritional needs, do yourself a favor, sign up for HelloFresh or Blue Apron or any of those other meal kits and start learning how to cook. That's a very, very easy way to learn how to prep portion sizes correctly and use whole foods because... It, that is going to provide you the nutrition that you need, and it's going to keep you maintaining your weight long term. When you travel, you'll be able to eat better because you'll be able to order and really decipher menus better all over the world, mind you, but it's just better for your body. And you went through all of this. You had surgery. Don't you want to give your body the fuel that it really needs? I mean, how long have we been talking about food pyramids? And now, what's it called now? My plate. And we, we learned this from a very young age. So do yourself the favor and eat real food. I'm very passionate about this one. I can't talk about it enough. And 
If you don't know where to start, there are so many bariatric cookbooks on Amazon that you can get for like $5, and there'll be recipes that are like five ingredients or less. So just do yourself that favor and do it for your body because you you put yourself through major surgery. So just put your life and your body first. The sixth thing you should know about VSG surgery post-op is that you're going to need support. Don't try to live in a silo. Don't try to do this by yourself because there are times where it gets lonely and there are times where you, you just have questions and those support groups are gold. They really are because even if you're not experiencing it, to find out what other people are experiencing also opens up your eyes to things that could happen, might happen, things not to do. Um, You know, one of the biggest things I've learned from my support group is not to freak out over a stall, which I've always been fairly good at and being able to rationalize (laughs) that's normal. But there are people who will just freak out because they've been losing weight, losing weight, losing weight, and their body like just took a break. It just stalled because it's just trying to conserve its nutrition, its energy, um, and that that's fine. That's their journey, but it, it kind of teaches you on what to do and not to do, and reading the responses as well will also help you should you go into a stall. So join a private group for support, and they're all over social media. There's VSG boards everywhere on the internet. You can research and find one that works for you. You can ask questions in real time and get real-time answers from people who are going through the same journey. And why not all journeys take the same path? There are so many things that you can ask and people will relate to. Some of the questions make me laugh. They do. There was one about peeing the other day and do you feel like you have more bladder control? And I laughed so hard because I, in my head, I'm like, Ugh, it's almost like harder to pee now because I'm not drinking as much liquid. So I feel like it takes forever. And other people were like, oh my God, I have so much more control. Well, it's the same thing. You're not getting as much water as you probably used to. So, um, but I, I just laughed because I'd always thought it, but I wouldn't have never written it. And um, I kind of appreciated whoever did. But, um, you know, these these support groups, this gives you an unbiased resource that will just allow you to get the most uh, answers from your weight loss just completely objectively. No one's judging you. Everyone wants to support you. They're great. The last thing, and you know we've talked about this one before, is record your journey. Photos are the best. Do you have to post them publicly? Absolutely not. But on weeks where you don't feel like you're seeing a difference or uh, maybe you've stalled, looking at side-by-side comparison photos of where you started and where you're at right now, that will do so much for you mentally. I cannot express it enough. There was someone the other day who, um, I think it was on Instagram, she was posting a story about her body dysmorphia. She's lost 75 pounds. She looks fantastic, but she doesn't feel like she's lost anything. No matter what size clothes she puts on, when she looks in the mirror, she sees the girl she used to be. So she had to do side-by-side comparison photos, and she had to post them because she said, I need to hear it from someone that's not my mom. And that was very raw and very honest of her to do. But I think mentally, 
it's also what she needed to do. She was listening to herself. She was going to her support network for um, support. I mean, that's what they're there for. And people do this because they're, they genuinely care. And you're going to find a difference between your support network and your real life network, I'll say, um, whatever that may consist of, because people personally will get so sick of hearing about your journey. They really don't care. They tune it out. People in the support group are there to root for you every single moment. Um, so find your support group and record your journey. Take a monthly photo of yourself. You don't have to measure success by the number on the scales. You might think selfies are lame, but in this case, it was it's going to be motivation. Um, I do selfies for like face-to-face comparisons because I was so round in my face. And so I just felt like a bloated chipmunk on steroids and like my face, <laughs> like my face in general, I kind of felt like it was too small for my head. <laughs> like if that makes sense. Cause my, I just felt my, like my head weighed 400 pounds, um, by the time I went into surgery. Cause it just, my cheeks were so chunky and so the selfies for me go a long way in just making me feel a little more confident in how I present myself in my Zoom meetings because right now I can't go physically um, office to office and call on my accounts. Um, but set a date, maybe it's the first Tuesday of every month, where you take a photo of yourself. Whether it's in a mirror, you set it up to um, on a timer and step back a little, whatever it may be, and keep putting them side by side to the months prior. So at the end of a year, you should have 12 pictures. I like to do them in the same the same shirt. I have changed my jeans to fit more comfortably, but I like to do my side-by-side comparisons in the same shirt so I can see physically what it looked like when I went into this journey and what it looks like now because that helps me really see the journey. And this will motivate you to keep you on the journey to keep you eating healthy, to talk to someone when you need it, to stop eating when you feel full, to encourage you to keep going to the gym, to encourage you not to eat junk food, and to encourage you to keep talking to your support groups. Even if you don't lose weight, your body does this weird thing where it kind of like shifts weight around, right? So it was really weird because I lost 45 pounds and I was there for a while. Like that extra five pounds to 50 took me some time. And I wasn't really changing clothing sizes right away when I first lost that 50 pounds. And then a couple of weeks went by and suddenly my everything had kind of shifted in my body and evened out. And I went down two pant sizes. I hadn't lost any more weight, but it, it kind of takes your body time to like adjust, And it was very interesting. It's very eye-opening, this entire process. But it also, just the amount it changes you within, I think is incredible. I feel like a different person. So with that being said, those are my seven things I really feel like you should just know and be aware of for VSG post-op. Again, you know, everyone does this journey for different reasons. But if you're doing it just to wear a smaller size of jeans... I really want you to look inward and think about why you really need the surgery. What are the what are the bad habits? What are the emotional fixes that it's going to cause? What do you need to work on? And prepare yourself because the journey is not easy. 
it's long, it's hard, and it will last a lifetime because your stomach's not going to grow back. And if you don't follow the diet and you start drinking soda again, nothing's going to shrink your stomach back if you stretch it out with soda or carbonation or if you start overeating. Nothing's going to snap it back. You know, I see a lot of uh, like reset pouch diets and stuff out there where people will go back to doing liquids for two weeks. That just puts your body back in starvation mode. It does not in any way shrink your stomach or reset the pouch. So when you make this journey, make sure you're doing it for the right reasons, for health as the number one priority, but also be prepared to work on yourself because you'll discover a lot about yourself and how much stronger you really are once you start this journey. All right, guys, that's all I have this week. I am heading back over to my mother-in-law's house to work on the countertop and start getting that project wrapped up. It's taken freaking forever. And um, I'm going to be working on some more shirts from my website. Christmas is almost over, but if you still are looking for a fun Christmas shirt, or any sort of bariatric gift, maybe for your friend that's going through this journey with you, head over to lizraofficial.com shop. I still have my promo code HOLIDAY20 available for 20% off your entire cart. And if there is a sweatshirt or a phrase or a saying that you would like made, let me know. I'll name it after you. And... I'm, I'm working on new designs for 2021 that I've been putting up. So I have cute new shirts now like I, I Never Argue, I Explain, uh, a Wicked Sense of Humor, which is that one's really just for me. But I'm working on other things. And I also want to work on just some general Be Kind merchandise. You know, I think people just seem to need a reminder. And the longer we go wearing masks and the less people see our smiles, we have to start wearing our message on our sleeve, so to speak. So if you have any cool ideas, let me know. And next week, next Saturday, I start my journey home. So maybe I can convince the Russian to do a road trip podcast with me. We'll see. He doesn't always like to do those. I used to do them on my old... Uh, old platform I use to talk more about uh, pop culture. But uh, we'll see. Maybe I'll get my mommy to join me. Who knows? It might just be a mix of stuff. All right, guys, let's talk soon, shall we? Thank you for listening to this episode of Life with Liz.